Hello, welcome to the One Skeptic Podcast. This podcast should help you understand that anything can be skeptical. I'm your host for today, Sebastian Salvador. And I want to talk about my fascination with knowledge and learning, especially on the internet. my relationship with science. When I was in junior high, I remember going to a video and learning about spacecrafts, news about science, you know, all that jazz. And to be quite honest, it was fun. You know, everything about it was fun. Now, until a few weeks ago, I never really truly questioned the validity of science and the researchers. I remember a few weeks ago, you know, I was reading about how scientists in the Nature Journal could not replicate their fellow scientists' experiment. No big deal, until you really think about it. And what I really thought, what I was really thinking was the integrity of science and researchers in the Nature Journal. This led me to believe, or this led me to challenge me to really think, because I never really had the chance to truly question the validity of scientific knowledge let alone established knowledge. And so the article said that in a survey published in the Nature Journal, 70% of researchers failed to replicate the experiments of other scientists. And so this article you know, purports, points out that there are high expectations for high-risk experiments. And so these studies are carefully organized in air quotations to show what wants to be shown. And Eventually, it becomes about the presentation. And so this presentation misrepresents what is truly happening in the experiment. According to Dame, and excuse my pronunciation, Dame Oddline Laser. Cool name, cool pronunciation. Don't know if I butcher that. It's about a culture that promotes impact over substance. That is quite surprising as we sort of assume that science is you know, meant for our, our benefit. And so since this article was released back in 2017, I assume that they have improved on their you know, presentation and obviously their ethics. However, it got me thinking of the myth of the eight spiders. Now, if you don't know the, about the myth of the eight spiders, it says about an average of eight spiders are swallowed a year. Now, I wouldn't exactly believe that as I know that spiders tend to like to be isolated. A YouTube channel, Lemino, explores this topic and was investigating the origins of the myth. Very sensitive to vibrations and while asleep we tend to move around, breathe, snore, etc. which causes the spider equivalent of an earthquake. A human quake? Nevertheless, experts in both human... He followed the citations from you know, each source to source and found that one of the citations may not actually exist. Now, I say may in air quotations as it has not been confirmed if it's exactly real or not, but it's interesting you see that he found this particular citation was actually attributed to the myth. So many publications proudly, you know, sort of present this as a fact while others sort of try to debunk the exact myth. Honestly, I recommend watching the video. It's 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 interesting. 
and it goes into theory, you know, on how the citation adds credibility to the myth. And I find this theory quite credible on a personal experience, actually, and I tend to skip, skim a bit when I already felt like I read through enough of the sources that I already need to read. Now, let me just let me just say, although it's quicker for deadlines, not not good for the research you're trying to research, and you know, as something you know, can get misinterpreted. It's a bad habit. Just please, just manage your time well. I don't recommend it. So, anyways, another example I can think of is the company Theranos and its former CEO, CEO Elizabeth Holmes. Well, not a myth. I thought it was a great example of of the human mind and its flaws. And from what I know of Theranos, it was a company that, in air quotations, claimed to revolutionize blood revolutionized blood testing. And so the Edison was an, an invention of this company. While it did have its function, it, the details of its functions were quite actually vague. And so Theranos presented the Edison as a revolutionary product, but the information was presented towards investors who truly believed in the product. That same information was also taken out of context and presented to show through you know, exaggerated progress and promises which were not made. Theranos was able to allocate huge sums of money to fund their secretive research, and it turns out that most of their research was nowhere near to what investors believed. So after some whistleblowers and all that jazz, today the net worth of Elizabeth Holmes dropped to zero after that reveal. While having a myth and you know scientific studies are two separate things with separate problems, the problem is with a lot of this information is that it isn't challenged. Now I want to ask a question for your ears and mind. How much of our established information is fabricated or misinterpreted? Honestly, I don't actually expect an answer for this question. It's something just for you to think about. So anyways, anybody who finds information outside of Facebook and social media should be able to be skeptical of all information. And I believe that we are human. Understand? I understand that there are going to be mistakes in our scientific community. And weirdly enough, science is not all-knowing, ironically. Our understanding of the world limits the science. And I don't want to go into sort of a philosophical aspect of science because that's, that is another can of worms in which I do not wish to you know, open up. I want to talk about my opinion on this sort of skepticism. Now, I'm willing to place my trust into the scientific organizations and non-profit corporations. However, companies like Theranos, who are there for profit, are a different story. And honestly, thinking about it, research money and grants are a motive for scientists to present their you know, findings that and in a way that sort of exaggerate or mis misinterpret their, their results. It is a culture of impact over substance. Again, by, excuse my pronunciation, laser. That money is an incentive for scientists as in a way it becomes their pay and their resources to sort of research. And I truly understand that focus shouldn't be short term 
But in terms of money, people don't want to see their work wasted. With the troubles that scientists have, they recognize this as a fact of life, and we shouldn't encourage results to be given right away. It's interesting to break down what we know as perceived fact. While there's a bit of controversy on the Nature Journal, I do not advise ignoring what these researchers have put out. Or, as I said before, content does not change, but the presentation does. And so science itself has been criticized on social media and largely ignored on major issues. For example, climate change, while is a big issue for me, is something that I personally don't pay attention to. I'm a hypocrite, right? Anyways, moving on. I trust the medical authority, especially this year. Coronavirus has forced us to put a little literal invisible barrier between people and that is because this is what our medical institutions in canada has said our safety is a priority however people refuse to see that perspective and see it as more of an inconvenience and it doesn't mean that we should should ignore any scientific authority because of that inconvenience which sort of brings me to my next topic. I've been covering throughout the evening, and that is, of course, the uptick in cases across much of the country. We've got Alberta and BC. daily case count since June 7th. Quebec has seen four with more than 200 new cases of the virus. We want to dig into the numbers and what they really mean. I understand that there's a lot of skepticism in our authority, and I have the pleasure to not see in person any deniers in my time on the internet, but that's just because I've not been on you know, the weird side of the internet for, for a while. Like Facebook. Now, I'm not saying Facebook is a bad place. I'm just saying that misinformation thrives on it a lot, a lot of misinformation. And as Canadians, we're concerned for the states and their handling of the pandemic. And while I put up confidence in the authority, there's some out there wondering about because they do not have that same confidence. Now, I'm not saying that Canadians do not have its deniers. I unfortunately had friends back in high school who would hang out with other people in big parties, and that's that's a big concern for me, especially now, especially as the pandemic rolled around just to greet us. And honestly, we think we're safe, but we break rules all the time and eventually it becomes norm. We're human. As I said before, I'm willing to put my confidence in the second wave, and honestly, this second wave will bring about another lockdown. As of recording this podcast, <laughs> my concern is that people eventually start to ignore such measures, and humans don't like sudden change, especially as an inconvenience. While it doesn't infuriate me, but it does make me concerned when I see an individual outside without a mask. And no matter what excuse they have, they intend to put themselves over others. And while I'm not an expert on this ongoing issue, so take this with a grain of salt, I think with a lot of people, coronavirus is more or less not a disease, but more of an obstacle. I've had this sort of experience because I've talked with relatives who sort of see this pandemic as in conflict with their profession. Because a lot of distancing and a lot of trade sort of requires a lot of close contact. 
And so while I don't mind that reasoning, I do believe that the majority of people trust the medical authority enough to understand that it is a pandemic. Anti-maskers ignore such regulations. It could be an inconvenient or in conflicts with their profession. Honestly, I do have a lot of confidence in that theory. For me personally, I do not think about science unless it's something gigantic or inconvenient. While I cannot see it as a threat to my livelihood, but to others, my family has a relative, relatively small bubble. As we barely talk, no, no, that's, a bad, that's not a bad thing. It's just because of the pandemic and a lot of our interactions physically with other people have also been affected because of it. And so my grandmother, my grandparents are people vulnerable to this pandemic and have decided to keep their bubble extremely, extremely small. There are certain occasions where I can talk to them, but I won't ever visit them until a vaccine is developed. And I think that is the stage for science for all of us. It's research that has never truly applied to our lives, maybe in engineering, but I guess that's pretty much it. Now, I think that's all we have for today. I hope that I made someone think about their own awareness of the sciences, whether it be about today or the established knowledge. Honestly, I hope everyone had a good time. This was your host, Sebastian Salvador. If you like what you heard throughout this whole podcast, this song is called Paris. and is an elite athlete remix by Lasers. L-A-S-E-R-S, those are the artists. It is from their Lasers EP. And honestly, thank you for listening. And I hope you had a great day.